Predators take on the Winnipeg Jets tonight. Dear God, please make that a good game to watch. And something we didn't really touch on yesterday, John Hines with an explanation for why Ellie Tolvanen didn't work out in Nashville. What do you think of his response? We'll talk about it today on the Locked On Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Lockdown Predators your first listen of the day. Every single day, we are your free Nashville Predators podcast. That's available to you wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at onthefourcheck.com, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I am Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer and editor at insidethepreds.com. Also, I want to mention today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, and who's ready for more Nashville Predators hockey? Like we knew, we gave everyone the heads up in plenty of time to know what December schedule was going to look like. We knew it was going to be rough. We did a whole episode about the December schedule. So it's not like we didn't know. And we knew this week, four games, three central division teams, you know, all of them pretty darn good. We knew this week was going to be, you know, challenging. I didn't know it would feel quite this bad. But here we are, and today is a new day full of fresh possibilities in life as as in hockey, perhaps. I'm sure we will all still feel that way at about 10 o'clock tonight. (laughs) I'm sure we will still have that fresh sense of renewed optimism in everything is going to go well. And I'm sure none of us are going to feel the need to run to Twitter and ask anybody to lose their jobs. I am. I am sure of that. I am sure of that. Yes. I I cannot I cannot expect anything but joy and optimism on social media after tonight's game against the Winnipeg Jets. Who correct me if I'm wrong, Nick, weren't they supposed to suck? They were supposed to suck. Correct me if I'm wrong, and weren't we supposed to be good? <laughs> Touche, my friend. <laughs> Touche. Doesn't that, don't, don't, don't both those together make tonight a night worth looking forward to? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's like we were talking before this, and it's like there's just, oh, they're just so, like, following the Predators is like so tiring. <laughs> like, and it's not even the team so much for me, just because. I tend to invest, I tend to invest in people, you know, like Rem Pitlick, friend for life, never met him, but we're friends for life. So I tend to invest in people more so than results because I go into a hockey season and perspective is everything, my friends. I go into the hockey season saying out of 32 teams, only one's going to win the Stanley Cup. The odds are not ever in our favor. So I don't spend a tremendous amount of time angsting over what appears to 
angst so many other hockey fans, but just peripheral angst becomes a weight all its own. <laughs> it is like secondhand angst. It is. It's like secondhand it's... smoke. It's like we're like sitting outside of a, like a, oh, Charlie's or something <laughs> at dinner. And there's just somebody who's just like piping angst into yes. the world. It's like, um, excuse me, ma'am, can you like angst a little further away from the waiting area? <laughs> Please. Please. Yeah, yes. these are these are new clothes. I do not want it to smell like angst. Yes, yes. I don't want a reek of hockey angst. I wanna I wanna smell like optimism and cinnamon. Just I'm sure that's what Henry Winkler. Like. Oh my gosh, I swear to you. I know you're mocking me, but I swear to you. Henry Winkler is what heaven smells like. And I I will we could do a whole episode on just my if you think I'm Rem Pitlick for life, imagine, just imagine that that is a fraction of the way I feel about Henry Winkler, the great American treasure yeah. who smells like heaven. Like, and cinnamon and not angst. And not uh, angst. Yeah. So let's talk about the game tonight. Predators take on the Winnipeg Jets at seven o'clock central tonight. Uh, it is on the road in Winnipeg, the Jets. Uh, pretty safe to say, Anne, maybe the biggest surprise team in the Central Division right now. Yes. Uh, they're sort of hovering around first place. Their first place in terms of points percentage. Dallas is overall first place. Uh, seven and three in their last 10 games, but maybe a bright spot for the Preds is that the Jets have lost their last two. Mm -hmm. uh, so maybe there's a little bit opening there. And right now, if the season ended today, you would probably have Connor Hellebuck as your Vezina Trophy winner uh, because he has been the guy that has taken the Jets probably from, you know, middle a good middle-of-the-pack team to where they are right now. Uh, probably maybe the best goalie in the NHL, 926 save percentage, three shutouts, uh, and one of the leaders in goals saved above expected. Yeah. Uh, so that's where the Jets are. I mean, if the Predators can win this game, that's a big momentum boost. I mean, we know how the Preds feel about the Jets, you know, all the way dating back to some of those heated mm -hmm. Uh, rivalry games kind of in the late 2010s yes you know there there still seems to be kind of an air of whatever these two to get together some crazy business goes down yes so i mean you know if 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 there was a game and that you can maybe look at and say you know what this is gonna be like the game we show up for this mm -hmm. is going to be the game where we get angry, mm -hmm. where we get mad about the way we're playing, where we let our frustrations boil into good physical hockey, focused hockey. It, it, this is this is a good game for that. Yeah, this is a great game for that. Like you said, there's just a little bit of um, just a, a low simmering residual thing between the Jets and the Predators. And let's just face it, right now, Nashville needs a statement game. They need a statement game. And they've had opportunities for some, and the statement that they've made has been more of a whimper. And they've got to get some things together. 
And, and it's going to take where the predators are now. What's so frustrating is I think they could put it all together. They're just not putting it all together. And I'm not saying that they're, you know, Stanley Cup contender put it all together. So don't even at me. But I do feel like this is a team who could clean up a couple things and get a win. You know, if they had cleaned up a couple things in their last two games, the games would have been more um, more competitive. Although I know it's hard to say a one nothing game could be more competitive, but they could have walked away with more than a point against St. Louis. They could have been more competitive against Edmonton. And I think, you know, listening to the post game from the Edmonton, you can tell that the players are feeling a little bit of frustration. Maybe, you know, they're at that emotional edge where they're ready to go. No, dang it. That's not who we are. This is who we are. So this is, like you said, this is a great game for the Predators to come out and play a this is who we are game and not in the bad way. Yeah. And that's that's kind of more necessity at this point than anything because, you know, the Predators are kind of running out of time to turn things around. You, You know, you hate to call any game a must win. And uh, this late in the season and, you know, hey, teams have done it before where they've just, you know, gotten off to really slow or not very good starts and then have found that second gear later in the season. I mean, the Preds did that in the the lockout shortened 2020 season, you Mm -hmm. know, where they would, you know, LaViolette got fired. John Hines came in and the Predators put enough of a run to be in the right place at the right time when when the COVID stoppage happened. Right. Uh, they did it famously in 2021, you yes. know, where they were on pace for one of their worst seasons in franchise history, turned it around and, you know, made one of their best runs in franchise mm-hmm. history. So we know it can be done. It's just a matter at this point, if you're the Nashville Predators – like you, you gotta kind of make it happen at this point. And you know, yes. we talked about the the last couple of games, something just kind of seeming seemingly being off. You know, that's maybe behind the scenes that's translating onto the ice. Um, you know, obviously, don't want to speculate, but you know, you're you're seeing guys get frustrated with missed shots in the first period, while you're still up one to nothing at that yeah. point, or you know, you're. You know, your body language as soon as Edmonton scored that first goal is one of like, okay, here come the floodgates. And it's, you know, the Preds have to flip a switch. Mm -hmm. And, you know, part of that is on John Hines. John Hines does, you know, you know, has to get that belief back in the locker room. But, you know, some of it, we talked about this yesterday, and some of it is just on the players. Yes. Like the players have to have that sort of mama mentality that Kobe Bryant where it's just, you know, you're always, you know, kind of thirsty for a win, motivated to try to be the best. And quite frankly, we haven't seen that a whole lot this year from the Nashville Predators. And we're just waiting at any moment uh, for them to flip the switch. Um, more, more on this coming up in a second on the Predators Jets game. And plus also, the big thing all y'all have been talking about has been Ellie Tolman and going to Seattle. John Hines put out an explanation earlier this week. Uh, we'll see what you make of it. Uh, but first, want to mention today's show brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball, World Cup, and of course, hockey. 
They got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, like the one you're listening to right now, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, and so in your mind, Predators take on the Jets tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jets are going to be overwhelming favorites. Uh, yes. They are ahead of Preds in a lot of big categories. What yeah. do the Preds need to do to get a win tonight? Maybe get this thing back on track. I think the first thing that has to happen is that the big guys have got to show up big. When you're looking at big guys from last season, I'm talking about Philip Forsberg, Matt Duchesne, Roman Yossi. Those three have uh, no goals in the last five games. I think they only combined for five points. So this is, or, or in the last four games, I think. So this is a this is a trio that really has to step up because I think so much of what the Predators do follows their energy, you know, and you see them getting so close. And, and I think this is part of the frustration that people feel is you see them getting so close. Philip Forsberg generated some really good chances against Edmonton, just couldn't finish. You know, Matt Duchesne in some of these previous games has generated some good chances, just not finishing. Those three have to finish today. So for me, the lead really starts with those top guys, Duchesne, Forsberg, and Yossi. Would it be great to see Cody Glass score again? Absolutely. You know, would love to see Tanner Janot kind of pop into this game with sort of that, like you were talking about, that chippy energy, just that a little slightly like adorable but abrasive energy that he has and get involved in the game, yes. But I think this game is going to be won or lost based on how Forsberg, Duchesne, and Yossi perform. Yeah, it's that that's the big thing. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this, Anne, like, you know, for all the discourse over like Cole Smith or Mark Jankowski playing or anybody like that, that's not been what's killed the Predators this year. Nope. It's been the guys that you expect to kind of be the main guys. That's that's what's hurting the Predators right now. I mean, Roman Yossi – uh, starting to heat up again, but way off the pace of where he was last year. Philip Forsberg off the pace last year. Matt Duchesne off the pace last year. You know, even guys like Ryan Johansson. Um, you know, Nino Niederreiter is your team leader in goals, but you look at his numbers and it's like, mm, that's, that's not kind of what we were banking on. Yeah. Uh, you know, Tanner, Tanner Janot, Alexander Carrier, nowhere near the production they were last year. And you just kind of go up and down the lineup and it's like, this is a big drop off and no one's really standing up and look you know i know you know people are you know saying oh well that's the shooting percentage or something like that like you know who you know, you could have expected that yeah you know what we you know we you and i had talked about this it's like you know we didn't necessarily expect roman yossi to hit you know 100 points again or you know right. Matt and philip forsberg had this season but we still thought there was enough for the Predators to have enough scoring where, you know, even if Philip Forsberg and Matt Duchesne kind of fell down a little bit and maybe back in the 60, 70 range or something like that, that there is still going to be enough talent to right. kind of like a scoring by committee kind of thing where everybody, you know, does enough of what they're capable of to kind of close the gap. And that hasn't happened this year with some of your guys in the top six forwards or, um, you know, top four on the blue line that just hasn't been there. And that that's the biggest issue 
for the Preds this year is just the people that you expected to kind of take that next step haven't taken that next step. Yeah, it's offensive underperformance. And again, not saying, you know, we talked about this, not saying Matt Duchesne has to break another record, not saying Roman Yossi has to lead the entire league in offensive points, not saying that. But not enough changed, and this is one of those things I've really been chewing on, not enough changed. You know, you kept Forsberg, Duchesne, and Granlin together for a majority of the season so far. There have been a couple times where you've kind of broken them up and adjusted them, but they've been together. You know, Roman Yossi has had very similar partners. They landed on, I'm telling you, the Ryan McDonough injury, I think, is hurting the Predators more than we know. Um, but not enough changed. It's it's interesting to me how dramatic the drop-off is. Yes, they were, you know, way high above average last season, but not enough changed to sh- for me to understand just how much those, you know, those guys and just in general, the team are perf- underperforming offensively. And that has to change. You know, the, the Predators are, I think, second to last in uh, shots and goals, I mean, or in goals. So they're just not getting they're just not getting the finish that they need. And that has to change. This team is not going to come back and have this resurgence and get themselves in a great place by the end of the season unless they start putting up goals. That is too much of an ask from a defense that's injured and from a goaltender yet again. Yeah, I mean, it's going to have to come from from somewhere. Uh, and it, it's got to come soon because... Yeah. The- now's good. Yeah. Now, that would be great. Uh, great. I would love something optimistic to talk about. I'm free tonight. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, Predators play Winnipeg Jets, 7 o'clock puck drop uh, from Winnipeg. Uh, Let's, we, you know, at at this point, it's just, it's the turnaround's got to happen soon, Ann. The turnaround's got to happen soon because if it doesn't, you know, not to not to jump dogpile here, but if it doesn't, then I think you have to start looking at changes, yeah. uh, changes that you know, and not just the changes that you guys would like. Yeah, you know, not not, not necessarily just hashtags. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you're. I think you're looking at changes to people that you like on the team. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that's going to happen soon. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, speaking of people that you like, what's what's been the big story all week? It's been Ellie Tolvanen. Tolvanen. Uh, he was put on waivers, claimed by the Seattle Kraken. Obviously, that has been the impetus towards a lot of Fran frustration mm-hmm. uh, this week. Um, and John Hines was asked about it this week. Uh, our friend Alex Doherty, who's been on this show before. Uh, he asked him and tweeted out the video about basically just what was what was it about Tolvanen's game uh, that you didn't necessarily like? Uh, and John Hines's response is um, it was it was something. Basically, the key word was consistency. There, uh, he said, you know, there there were moments where we really liked Ellie Tolvanen's game. We really liked his shot, um, and but I thought the it was it was interesting that he said. You know, there's there's times where he just wouldn't use it. Yeah. Where, you know, we liked the way he used a shot, and then other times we didn't. Um, you know, almost kind of like a thing. It's like you know, we wanted him to shoot more in you know 
all, you know, like kind of like maybe he's just like too timid to shoot or something like that yeah. or use, you know, there's a lot of times we had him in the top six, um, you know, and he looked good there and other times he didn't, you know, right. that, that was kind of the main, main theme there. And was a inconsistency B it's interesting that he mentioned we liked his shot and we wanted him to use it more. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost like a, please shoot the puck sometimes, Ellie. Yeah. Yeah. And what people will come back with who are frustrated with Hines is, well, he can't shoot the puck when he's a healthy scratch. But you've got – I see what John Hines is saying a little bit if you think back because that was Ellie Tolvanen's biggest bring – to this team that was his biggest thing when he was drafted was this shot and I don't know that we did see him use it you know people have said oh even earlier this week after Tolvanen had been waived somebody said oh you know what this team needs is they need a sniper well first of all they have a sniper who's not shooting Philip Forsberg but you have to use the thing that is to your advantage and and you look back at Ellie Tolvanen's game and he didn't always he wasn't always shooting the puck. Now you could say that's because he was so busy trying to kind of expand his 200 foot game because that's what the predators were asking of him. Mm-hmm. But I do think the key word in all of that is inconsistency. Every, you know, I think the takeaway from John Hines is that I don't know that they felt like they knew what they would get from him on the ice on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. And that was the problem. So I don't know if that's going to be a good enough explanation for everyone. Yeah. But we're going to, we can dive into that in a minute. I'm curious what your take is on this because I have a sneaky suspicion. I know where a lot of vocal people's take is on John Hines explanation. So I'm curious what yours is. We're going to get to that in just a minute. Uh, but first want to share this message with you. You know, it's the holiday season coming up. You're hanging out with some friends. You're going to be putting back a few drinks. You're going to be at holiday parties. And before you know it, a few drinks can become a few too many as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out. A lot of times you're going to think, oh, I should call for a ride. And then people can say, nah, I don't live very far. I'm going to make it home okay. It's not a big deal. Like, what are the odds I'm going to get pulled over? And even if I get pulled over, what's the worst that could happen? My insurance could go up. I lose my license. Then I lose my job or I total my car. Or you can kill somebody. Look, everybody knows the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on the road to save lives. So if you think you are okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe, plan ahead and get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. All right, Nick. So we're talking about this Ellie Tolvanen explanation and and sort of our, I would say our takeaway is inconsistency in his game what do you feel what is, what is your vibe on that explanation and and how much do you think that's accurate do you think we really know exactly why ellie tolvanen was put on I mean, waivers <laughs> i mean if you're looking at just the numbers 
then yeah, I mean, the inconsistency was a big thing. I mean, the dude went from 22 points in 40 games in 2021, which was that year that we were like, okay, the Here Prince is. Got something here. Yeah, yeah, it's got something. Uh, to you know, 23 points in 75 games last year in a situation in which he was playing, you know, I would say maybe 50, 70% of his time was in the top six with Ryan Johansson, with Mikhail Granlund. Uh, I mean, and I mean, we talked about it a lot last year, you know, when we were talking about that second line, the Predators did a lot to try to get that second line going. I mean, they moved they Mikhail Granlund down. Remember, Mikhail Granlund had really good chemistry with Ellie Tolvin in that first year. Uh, you know, they shuffled the lines, you know, move some people around, you know, moved like cutting down for a while. So, you know, for the part of Heinz's explanation, um, a lot of people kind of jumped on Heinz saying, well, he had, you know, we we thought we gave him a lot of chances or enough chances. You know, a lot of people took umbrage with that, but really they did. Like they yeah. really did and give Ellie Tolvanen a pretty long leash. And, mm -hmm. you know, we were talking to, like when we were talking about the Cody Glass situation earlier this year, you know, we, we a lot of people were kind of lumping Tolvanen in. And I was kind of hesitant to do that because Tolvanen did get some chances that Cody Glass still really never hasn't gotten here right. in Nashville. He had uh, a whole season, a whole season with some top six guys. Yeah. Yeah. And I know he got scratched, you know, down the stretch, but at that point it's just like, okay, he's not doing a lot. And also it's funny because, you know, when we heard John Hines say, you know, we want him to use his shot a little bit more. I was kind of expecting, you know, maybe not a lot of shots per game. Maybe he was trying to be like the setup guy or something. I mean, he took 151 shots last season, huh. uh, which is a pretty decent number. It's not I mean, nothing. It's not nothing. I mean, it's not where, um, you know, probably not where you want a top six to be. But I mean, the big thing was he only had a 7% shooting percentage. And that was a big thing yeah. after being about 16 uh, the year before. And, and yes, 16 is a very sustainable shooting percentage for somebody with Tolvin and skill set. Um, and, you know, he had, he had 19 shots in 13 games this year, which, you know, also maybe a little below the mark. Um, it's, you know, I, I buy the, I, I buy the issues with consistency um, because he didn't really look all that well when he was in the lineup this year. Um, you know, I, Maybe by the explanation that you would love to see him shoot more, like maybe envision him as kind of like that sniper guy on the power play, you know, the guy that could, comp you know, kind of compliment Philip Forsberg, add some depth on the other end. Um, did he get a fair chance to turn his game around? I think that's, that's maybe – that's maybe the debate is, you know, because it seems like a lot of times he was in the lineup this year. It's like, you know, you know, one game in, two games out or, you know, a run mm -hmm. of two, three games in and then, you know, it would be scratched for a week. Right. Do you think, Anne, that, you know, obviously we, we've talked about, you know, last season not really nailing the audition for top six this year, not looking good at times. But do you think John Hines maybe gave up on him too early. Would you have liked to see him 
you know, maybe get two, three weeks solid in this lineup for John Hines to say, you know what, we're, we're giving it to you. We're going to see what you can do. If it doesn't work out, you're gone. If it's, if you do work out, then, Hey, you found your confidence. You know, I go back and forth on that. And and here is why I think as media, as fans, what we see as an audition are an 82 game season. That's the audition that we see. He needs more games. The thing that we have to remember is that John Hines has an audition of 82 games and all of those practices. And so, yeah, maybe had he had a longer stretch, perhaps, but I think this was a tough season to give Ellie Tolbinen a, a lot longer leash because you're looking, you know, at the top six, you've got Nino Niederreiter coming in with Ryan Johansson, and you're already working somebody into the top six that you need to get going quickly. And Nino Niederreiter doesn't have a lot of history on this team. So you've got this new person coming in and you really need him to produce quickly. So ultimately you want to get that guy going, you know, that's a priority. You want to get that new guy going. I would have liked to maybe see Ellie Tolvin in a little bit more in game situations, but I, I go back to like, look, John Hines has a lot longer look at these players than we do. Mm-hmm. And I think when you wanted to get especially a top six role, but just any you know role on a starting lineup right now for any NHL team, you have to have multiple facets to your game. So you can't just be good at one thing. And I know everyone's going to go, well, what's Cole Smith good at? He's actually good at a number of things. He's good at doing exactly what the Nashville Predators need him to do in the role he's there for. But I think the expectation was Ellie Tolvanen was going to be a contributor offensively at five on five. And I think the expectation was very high that he was going to be a major contributor on the power play. And that didn't materialize I hate that Ellie Tolvanen is gone. I really liked him. Did not like his mustache, which I think he shaved since he went to Seattle. Maybe, so, maybe that's what's going on here. Maybe they just they were like, we can't look at that anymore. Avert your eyes. I know. Bless yeah. Ellie Tolvanen. Bless him. You know, I, I wish him well. I think he's a good hockey player. I, You know what? I, I would love to see him succeed. Uh, it, it will bring me more joy than hockey angst just because that's the path I choose to walk in this hockey life. Um, but I also think, you know what, we consider tryouts game situations. And I think the, this coaching staff has their eyes on these players in other situations that may be weighed into that too. Well, to be fair, game situations are what you judge players on. And look, you can you Some. can be you can be a training camp MVP. You can be like you know give a hundred percent in practice and all that, and that is a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, when it comes to the games, you got to perform in the games too. And that's you know why Kiefer Sherwood didn't exactly work out was because when it's got time to putting it all together in a regular season NHL game against regular season opponents. You know, what we saw in training camp, what we saw in some of the preseason games didn't necessarily carry over when he got to bigger competition. So I get that. You know, I I certainly get that, you know, there's more to it than the games. You know, you Mm want to have intensity and practice and stuff. But I do think you have to consider 
okay, what can this person do in a game situation? But the other hand, you don't want to just put people in the lineup who don't earn it. You can't talk about this being like a competitive franchise or, you know, competition in the roster or, you know, the best guys are going to play and then not play guys who earn spots, not play guys who outplay other guys. You know, that's like, you know, that's, that's the fine balance. It's like, clearly like, you know, when we were talking in training camp, Phil Tomasino can help your team, mm-hmm. but you know, would you know, did he earn his spot more than, you know, Kiefer Sherwood did at the right. time? Uh, you know, in, in Phil Tomasino's case, I think you can maybe argue, did he get a chance to do what Kiefer Sherwood did? Um, but, you know, it's, and that's, you know, why guys like Michael McCarron or Mark Jankowski or Cole Smith keep earning spots in the lineup is because they went out and they earned a spot. Right. And, you know, they played better than some other guys did during camp. I mean, it was different roles, but they went out there and you can't like, you see what I'm saying? It's like, you can't say, okay, you got like, this is, you got to go earn your spot. And then that player earns their spot and not get a roster spot because somebody who hasn't been performing as well may have a little bit more upside. That is a very delicate balance. It is. And if you are trying people out in game situations, you also have to weigh out every game is a cost. I get it's a giant 82 game season, but do you want to give a player who is struggling, uh, you know, five, 10 games in a row to figure it out? And if you do that, is it going to cost the team an opportunity to win? And you have to weigh that out as well. So it's a, I think it is much more of a delicate balance than people want to believe that it is. Yeah. And it's, it's something that's, I'm sure that keeps John Hines and David Poyle up at night. And look, yeah. for as much as we want to criticize them, you know, that's a, that's a hard role to balance too, because, you know, there's probably guys, you know, on the bench or in Milwaukee that can help this team if they're going 100%, but you also have to make sure they're 100% too. And that's, mm-hmm. that's a fine balance. And uh, you probably need to find that balance soon because uh, yeah. time is running out on the season. Tonight would be a good night. Tonight would be a good night. It is, a, good night. it is seven o'clock puck drop between the Predators and Winnipeg Jets. Uh, we will have your full recap on tomorrow's Locked on Predators. Uh, who knows? Maybe we'll celebrate. Maybe we will just pop the Jack Daniels at 8 in the morning and go to town. Uh, one way to find out. Tune in tomorrow on the Locked on Predators podcast. And where can people find your work? You can find my work at InsideThePreds.com, and you can find me on Twitter at ANK underscore Mama on Ice. You can find me at OnTheForeCheck.com or WingItInMotown.com if you're into the Detroit Red Wings like I am. Uh, and also be sure to follow me on Twitter at underscore NSMorgan. While you're on Twitter, be sure to follow the podcast at LO underscore Predators. Tweet us your thoughts on the shows and anything we talked about. And however you're listening to this podcast, 
Whether you're listening on your favorite podcast platform or you're watching us on YouTube, be sure to subscribe so you'll always know when we have fresh content for you. That's going to do it for us on today's Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We'll be back tomorrow with a new episode. We'll see you then.